Hi, this is Russ Taft. Hi, this is John Oliphanty. Hi, this is John Schlipper Petra. Hi, this is Kim Boyce. Hey, everybody, Stephen Curtis Chapman here, and you are listening to Jesus Freaks Final to Digital. Hi, I'm Jason Huddle, host of Jesus Freaks Final to Digital. Before we get into this week's program, I just wanted to take a moment to thank you for downloading this episode and giving us a listen. If you really like what you hear, we'd love to have your support. How can you do that, you say? Well, I'm glad you asked. Simply visit patreon.com slash Jesus Freaks Podcast and become a monthly sponsor. Now you can do that for as little as two measly dollars per month, or you can go higher and get special perks like advanced access to episodes when available, the opportunity to submit questions I will ask our artists on future episodes, and even your very own Jesus Freaks t-shirt. Again, that's patreon.com slash Jesus Freaks Podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And hey, if you'd like your business or organization to become a sponsor of this program, let us know by visiting our website, JesusFreaksPodcast.com, and click on the Become a Sponsor link at the bottom of the page. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's get on with the show. Hi, this is John Oliphanty, and you're listening to Jesus Freaks, vinyl to digital. Brian Duncan is an artist that has always marched to the beat of his own drum. First with Southern Comfort Band, and then as a solo artist, Brian continued to deliver hits in the Christian contemporary music world, while remaining true to himself. Now, all these years later, Brian is still performing, but he's found his faith is more important than ever. Really, faith is a daily experience, and it's it's a day-at-a-time thing, and it's you know, sure, there's a commitment uh, where you ask Christ into your life and you follow him. But from then on, it's a daily pursuit. And it's a, sometimes it's a daily choice to follow Jesus and to listen to what he's saying. And the, the Bible says that our primary purpose here is to know him. And so that's what I do. I spend most of my time trying to figure out what my will uh, isn't working with his will. On this very candid episode, we'll talk to Brian about his faith as he looks back on his life and career. You know, what's astonishing looking back at what I've done is when you realize, wow, at what time did I stop having that kind of faith? Or, wow, when did I stop believing that? You know, I'm still trying to write and stay true to scripture and honest about what faith is like on a daily basis. Plus, Brian will play us a couple of unreleased future hits from his in-home studio right here on Jesus Freaks Final to Digital, a presentation of Cabco Media Group and a preferred podcast of Way FM. I'm your host, Jason Huddle. How are you doing, my friend? Well, good morning or good evening or whatever it is in your time zone. I have no idea what day it is even, uh, you know, <laughs> being quarantined at home all this time. So you're in California, correct? Last time I checked, uh, you know, <laughs> I haven't been outside of my house for a while, but uh, you know, it looks like California to me. Okay, so so you guys have been pretty much quarantined since uh, March. Yeah, I, I, well, you know, I, I, I on and off. You know, I'm still, yeah. I still go to the store, uh, you know, for necessities and stuff, but it's, 
it hasn't been any fun. That's for sure. Does anybody ever stop you in the store? You go for coffee. Hey, you're Brian Duncan. Does anybody ever do that? Well, uh, yeah, pretty regular. Uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's just awful. Cause sometimes you forget who you're supposed to be <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, you know, uh, you just gotta be careful where you're scratching. <laughs> Brian, you are such an icon of Christian music and you started with the sweet comfort band. I guess that's where you kind of got your break, uh, back in the 1970s. <clears throat> Tell us about how that how that whole band came to be and what that was like in that era of Christian music when it was really what we consider contemporary Christian music of that day, uh, really in its infancy. Um, well, it doesn't sound like, uh, you know, where I got my break. I mean, I almost got broke. That's what <laughs> we got. Uh, you know, we were, we were playing at an evangelistic kind of Jesus movement church at the time. And that, so that was kind of like a built in audience, but, I mean, we must have played for four or five years before we really started to get outside of the state of California even. So, I mean, it, it, it didn't feel like a break of any kind. It just felt like we eventually, you know, managed to make progress. What was the idea behind the music? Because it was so different from what a lot of bands were doing at that time. Did, did you guys set out to be unique or is, were you just playing the music that you loved? Uh, no, you know, everybody was playing guitar stuff. It was, uh, acoustic guitar, a lot of folk music in the day. You know, you had your rock and roll bands with the power chords and stuff, but Sweet Comfort Band started as a three piece and it was just me on piano and, uh, with a, with a double kick drum set and a bass player that was really busy. And so we sounded a lot, uh, bigger than we actually were, but you know, I was into a particular style of, you know, pop soul. And the bass player was kind of a, he was a rock and roll metalhead. Like he liked those power bands and the drummer liked folk music. He loved, uh, you know, Orleans and, you know, the, some of the early vocal bands, that's what it was, not folk music, but vocal bands. So it was mostly, it, it became an original sound just because uh, it was like three misfits uh, creating music that they thought would fit. And of course we were too dumb to know, uh, you know, anything about the rules of music. So we pretty much broke all of them. <laughs> well, the great thing about music is there are no rules. Um, yeah, well, that's the good thing. <laughs> you know, uh, I remember taking some music theory and, you know, we would just sing, we would sing vocal parts. It was just me and the drummer at the first, in the beginning. And we would just sing vocal parts that kind of fit. Well, I could sing that note. And so, I mean, the the, vocal, the early vocal harmonies were all over the place. You're going, wow, that's interesting. Uh, because, you know, there, there wasn't any rhyme or reason to why we harmonized in that key. Well, let me back up for a little bit. And tell me, I've never heard about your salvation story, your conversion uh, to Christ. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, my conversion is not like anyone's, I suppose. I... I my dad was a Pentecostal preacher and I grew up in church. So I basically, I tell people I had all the answers before I had any of the questions. <laughs> and so a, a lot of my faith has become a matter of, of uh, getting acquainted with the questions. Uh, and I discovered the older I get, the more my dad's proclamations were true. He got smarter as I got older. <laughs> 
Dads tend so, to do uh, that. Yeah, I was baptized when I was seven. I understood the plan of salvation. You know, I, I could recite all the books of the Bible in a single breath when I was six. So, you know, it was really faith is a daily experience and it's, it's a day at a time thing. And it's, you know, sure there's a commitment uh, where you ask Christ into your life and you follow him. But from then on, it's a daily pursuit and it's a, sometimes it's a daily choice to follow Jesus and to listen to what he's saying. And the, the Bible says that our primary purpose here is to know him and so that's what I do. I spend most of my time trying to figure out what my will uh, isn't working with his will. I'm starting over for the rest of my life. Mistakes I can never take back. Made my decisions. I'm willing. I'm able. With your help on my side. I know it's easier to run away than to fail. ahead a little bit what made you decide to leave sweet comfort and and start a solo career well you know we toured our brains out for 11 years and i had no social life two of us were single at the time and it was just you know it was on stage with a big crowd and then sitting in a hotel room you know for 90 percent of our lives and driving on the road it, it was it became no fun it was it was just always gone. Uh, you got home, your friends didn't know who you were, couldn't find anybody to hang out with. And then there was, there was just the fact that we were all musicians and nobody was really watching the store. Financially, we were, we were way behind on taxes. We, I couldn't tell, I couldn't tell you what, what I made in a year because, you know, typical musician didn't keep records of anything. Although um, I did have the accountant tell me that I spent an awful lot of money on eating out. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> hey, you, you spent $12,000 last year at Coco's. <laughs> okay, well, that, that, that's, of course, part of the single life, too, is, uh, you know, if you don't cook, you're going you're gonna to go down to the local restaurant. But, you know, yeah, the, the idea was that the Sweet Comfort Band had been together for a long time, and we were running out of you know, new ideas and music was changing. I mean, it wasn't the same. And we, we just felt tired. We felt like we, you know, we had lost some sense of passion and identity. You know, when we first started, it was like, wow, listen to this. We're really pumped. And then later on, you, you, you've heard more stuff and everybody's doing new things and, and you're not really sure what to do. That's fresh. So, you know, between that and the fact that I hadn't paid taxes for a long time, (laughs) I thought, you know, I'm going to have to grow up and be an adult. I was 30 when I left the band. 
my wife was pregnant. We were going to have our first child and I was living on $200 a week. So, uh, you know, all of those things combined, you know, I decided that I'm going to have to grow up. So how did the solo career come about? Did, did it, did you have to pay your dues again and kind of start over or were you approached about, Hey, we think that you would be good as a solo artist. Well, it didn't come right away. I quit the band. I didn't quit the band to go solo. I, I quit the band just because I didn't want to be on the road anymore. Um, I didn't feel like I had a life. And so I was pouring concrete, you know, for about six months. It didn't, it wasn't very long until I was approached. Well, first it was somebody asked me to sing for their youth group. And so I went over there and I played a bunch of songs and I liked it. I thought it was nice. And I, then I was still writing songs. And they paid me like $700 to do that. And I'm going, that's more than I made in a month uh, with the Sweet Comfort Band. So, you know, I thought, well, maybe I ought to look into this. If I could play local and, you know, make a living at it. And then I was approached by Light Records about doing a, a solo project. The first album was called Have Yourself Committed because, <laughs> you know, I was... I felt like I had already been in the asylum and I was signing up again. And so it became kind of the, the smart aleck approach to the first album was have yourself committed. <laughs> you talk about different sounds. You're, when you went solo, you kind of converted over to sort of a poppy, for, for lack of a better term, you're sort of a poppy sound. Was that more true to the kind of music you wanted to do? Or was it that you were just producing a sound that was popular at the time no specifically that was a that was a conscious decision uh for a lot of reasons number one randy thomas the guitar player in the sweet comfort band you know just brought some great power chords well i don't play guitar i was a keyboard guy and i knew i wouldn't be able to in the early solo things i wouldn't have a guitar player on stage and so i wouldn't be able to pull off the rock stuff without without looking kind of stupid if you know you don't have a guitar player, you're playing to a track of a power guitar. That's that's got to be the most uh, nutcase thing I could think of to do. And at the time when I went solo, you know, we just started going into drum machines. I got a keyboard here now. That, I mean, it, the thing will play the drums, it'll play the background bass. It does everything. And I just thought, well, I should play songs that I that I can build from a keyboard point of view. And, and use, you know, the early sound samples on piano. And at least that way, if I'm playing by myself, it won't sound so karaoke-like. Sure. At what point did you feel like you were starting to get recognized as your own artist and not Brian Duncan, the guy that used to be with Sweet Comfort? Well, I don't know. I mean, this is one, those are things that you don't really think about. You know, it, you're just putting one foot in front of the other. I was singing because I liked singing and I was playing for people because they invited me. And, um, yeah, there, I imagine there was a lot of formerly of for a long time. Sure. Um, but you know, I think I've, you know, even after the first album, uh, that first record, have yourself committed became a theme song for most, for a lot of church, uh, camps, youth group, programs they love that whole thing i think I'm, i sold more t-shirts with have yourself committed on it than i did records
tours I did with Steve Taylor and I, it was a little I had a postage stamp of a picture Brian Duncan former singer of <laughs> the Sweet Comfort Band I'm going yeah whatever you know uh, I'm on tour I'm playing these gigs I like it yep what are some songs that stand out to you during that era uh, that you're especially proud of well I don't, I don't know if it's about a matter of being proud of them <laughs> Mostly in in uh, in the music world, you write a bunch of songs and you put them on a record, and and then you're astonished at, <laughs> at the song that took off. I'm going, you're kidding? That's it? That's the one? You know, classic example is uh, I did an album called Strong Medicine. Yeah, and it had a lot of really spiritual, you know, things to it and some great lyrics. And but I, at the last minute, I threw this song on. It was a mock up of um, uh, uh, it was it was kind of a complaint against rap music. You know, I wasn't I, I was noticing that rap music was pretty much taking over the world. So I wrote this song. I wrote this song. Don't you want to rap? And the whole thing was talking about you know this guy is standing next to me with a beatbox. You know, and he's got it turned up to eleven. And I remember you know, this. And. And I'll be doggone if that song didn't just blow up the charts. People showed up at my concerts in droves wearing their hats backwards. And, you know, I was kind of astonished. So it was really more of, you're kidding, that's the song that, you know, <laughs> no spiritual insights. Nobody wanted those. They wanted the, the name is Brian D and I'm a screaming machine. All right, I'll give a shot. My name is Brian D and I'm a screaming machine. I sling my tearing it up like a loud of it's clean. A full tilt rhythm you can understand. And I can tour the world with the Econo band. On a mission from God, I like to call him a friend. Think the people are sick and he's a metal sin. Saying love is a key, yeah, and an animosity. And I'm snatching all the children from the enemy. And if you get no, no way, guys. No. Aw, oh, man. This ain't it. Yeah. It's supposed to be a rap tune. Oh. Thanks a lot, guys. That was perfect. There was a, it reminds me, you did it first, but it also reminds me when Stephen Curtis Chapman did his 
crossover song with DC Talk, and um, it was it was sort of the same thing where he's trying to rap and you know he's not very good at it, and DC Talk's trying to help him along. I thought you you pulled yours off a lot better, but they're both um, in in retrospect from today's point of view. You're like, oh my lord, you're you're right. I mean, <laughs> this was this is what people liked. But you always seem to, even though your music had a serious message, of course, you always seem like an artist that didn't take themselves or I don't want to say too seriously, but you just didn't, you weren't so stoic about yourself or your life that you weren't willing to have fun uh, while you were doing what you, what you love. Well, you know what that is? That's, that's growing up in a Pentecostal church where your dad was the preacher. So you saw the formality. But then you also saw the backstage, you saw the politics behind the stuff, you know, you, you heard about what was happening with Sister Curry, <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> uh, so I mean, you, at some point you develop kind of a pragmatism about, you know, somewhere in the mix is a real God and a real presence of the Lord that you can know personally. And then there's a lot of stuff that's just ritual and, you know, wow, God blessed that once. Let's do it a thousand more times. <laughs> I, I think you even poked, uh, I don't want to say fun because I, I hesitate to say that, but you had some fun even with some of your, your album uh, titles like Holy Rollin', which, by the way, had, you, had the silhouette of you with a tambourine. On, <laughs> I mean, you talk about Pentecostal. It doesn't get more Pentecostal than than somebody with a tambourine and the name of the album is Holy Rolling. Well, you know, I, I grew up Pentecostal, so I, I, I was aware of it. You know, I, I can appreciate the enthusiasm for Jesus. Um, I haven't turned a black, a backflip in church for a long time, <laughs> but you know, in the early days, I think they used to have healing services. Oh yeah. The very fact that, you know, a lot of injuries happened, you know, during the praise <laughs> and worship segment. And, uh, and, and the thing is, even on the radio show that I did for years, if I wanted happy, you know, energetic songs, better than screaming rock and roll, it was black gospel. It was just straight up gospel music. It's just, it makes you want to jump up and, you know, bounce around. And I don't think there's any music that does that better than, than flat out gospel. That is true. I'm just going to leave it right there on that one because they, I agree. It, I love to have fun when I worship and there are some great songs out today. It's not to knock what's going on in worship music today, but man, sometimes you just hear some gospel music and you, you can't help yourself. It's so good. Even, even more modern stuff uh, that came along uh, in the late nineties or like stuff that Kirk Franklin was doing, things like that. I mean, it's still so much fun to listen to and it's, and the the harmonies are just incredible. So I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, Absolutely. Tell me about as you've progressed through your career, what are some things that you look back on and you think, I wish I had done this a little differently? Or, man, I, we really hit the mark on that one. No, there, I've, I've never looked back and thought, well, I wish I would have done that different. I, I, I've listened to songs and going, I wish I would have put this in. You know, more often than not, the thing that I do that is astonishing to me is when I hear an old song, somebody will say, I listened to this song and it really meant something to me. I'll go back and listen to it to see, you know, if I understand what made them respond to that. 
I mean, I study my own history. Um, I'll go back and listen to it. And, you know, what's astonishing looking back at what I've done is when you realize, wow, at what time did I stop having that kind of faith? <laughs> or, wow, when did I stop believing that? That's, you know, it's almost like, you know, my records have been a plumb line almost. I can look back and see where I was out of, and even now, and see where I'm, I'm kind of out of balance, or I've gotten tired, or I'm, I've shifted my, uh, my passion uh, for certain things, you know. Uh, that same record, Strong Medicine, um, I believe a price was paid and there is a medicine. I mean, that was the gospel in a nutshell. And I don't think I've written anything quite like it since. Um, Not that that's a wrong thing, but, you know, I'm still trying to write and stay true to scripture and honest about what faith is like on a daily basis. What are you writing now? What kind of things are you writing now? Oh, man, (laughs) I'm working on a song right now. Uh, It's called um, Won't Let You Go. And it's a a story of, uh, because I've I've done a couple of, I love doing songs from, like uh, I did a song called uh, Everything in the Garden. And it's it's the story of Adam and Eve told from Adam's point of view. (laughs) You know, know, it's always got a little more, you know, less uh, I know what I'm doing kind of thing. But I, I, I've been working on this song. It's it's a funky thing, too. It's like the drums are really cool. You're like, it's that kind of thing right there. But it's it's about Jacob wrestling with the angel. You know, and in that story, you know, he wrestles all night with this angel. And then he, the guy, with one touch, you know, just pretty much blows his hip out of joint. <laughs> and so the whole song is now he's hanging on. Uh, you know, asking asking the angel says, "I won't let you go till you bless me." And I'm going, "Wow! If ever there was a story where I can really relate, I feel like I've been blown. My hip is out of joint. I don't get to do concerts now because of the corona stuff. And uh, you know, I've there one line. It just it goes. I'm just hanging on by a sleeve so that you won't leave. <laughs> so, the, but the song is really cool." And it's just a story about I'm going, oh, oh, no, no, I won't let you go till your until your gift is lifting me. And that's kind of the way I feel like where we are right now. This thing here. This is that song I was telling you about. But it goes. Uh, <laughs> all right. It goes. Awesome, man. You haven't lost a step. 
<laughs> well, you know, I'm still trying to work on them, but I mean, that's the, I'm having a lot of fun with the smart aleck stuff in it. It, it goes, best of the best of me going toe to toe with an angel of the Lord. Uh, that fight all night just helped me see the light. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's kind of a fun thing to do. Yeah, for sure. I know a lot of people are super stressed. In fact, I was listening to the news uh, this morning and they're, talk- they're talking more and more about uh, how people are struggling mentally more and more as this COVID crisis keeps going and going and going, doesn't seem to want to let up. Um, how are you doing in that area? Because especially being in California where you guys are sort of on tighter restrictions than a lot of states, uh, how, how are you doing? Are, are you using the music writing as, as therapy? The best thing you can do, uh, my manager told me that once. He said, the best thing you can do is keep your head down and find something to do with your time um, because it's like a speedboat. If you just cut the engine off after you're hauling, uh, you'll get a backwash into the back of the boat because of the <laughs> sudden stop. And, you know, that's that's what 2020 has felt like uh, is a backwash. So, you know, I'm trying to find my way through that. But trust me, I, I have devotions every morning. And I read like three different guys um, because I've got the time. <laughs> and it is a choice. I mean, it is a choice to choose your thoughts when you got nothing on the, on the books and it, it does, it feels a lot like you're unemployed. You know, I'm going, if this is what retirement feels like, I don't want it. And yeah, my wife even says that you, sometimes you get up with that dark feeling and you have to decide that you're going to think about something else. Mm. It's a conscious choice. For sure. Yeah, I got I got another song called uh, uh, "It's a Prayer." It goes, Almighty Father, faithful friend, you know all sides to every story, from the beginning to the end. No one can see all that you do. Keep us safe in your grace. Oh. Safe in your grace, fill our hearts with hope that we might be like you, unafraid. It's good stuff, man. I know in a previous conversation that you and I had, you said something that has stuck with me. You said, Life is a path not a parking lot. (laughs) You know, that's been kind of a mantra for a long time for me uh, because, you know, just about every other week, you know, something good will happen and you just want to kind of hang around that. Well, I'm just going to be here because I don't want uh, tomorrow to come. Right. And tomorrow always comes and it's, there's always something else. Um, I've got this one song. um, Is it that song? Always. I've got several songs working right now, but, one of the one of the funny lines of a song that I'm writing now it says, "Always will be another rock to get around." <laughs> it says, "It's always will be another rock to get around." Because uh, I mean, it's like if you're going down the stream, you know, stay in the river. You know, you won't be more lost than you are found. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so I'm just trying. I'm trying to put words to where I'm where I'm at now and. 
hopefully down the road, these will all make sense. On my newest record, I have a song called I Will Shine. And the first line is, sometime we all come to find we can't stay where we've been. <laughs> and, I mean, point, I, I could have stopped the whole song after that because that's the, that's the beginning and the end of, uh, of a thought. It's good stuff, man. I can't wait to hear some of your new stuff. I, I, I really, I, I'm really looking forward to it. We've had a couple of conversations and you talked about some of the songs you're writing. I, I can't wait to hear it. How are you uh, producing that music now? I understand it's like it's crowdfunded, right? Yeah, everything that I've done for the last five years is crowdfunded. And with the help of my uh, friend and manager, uh, Christopher Redner, um, he's helped me, you know, keep on track as, as far as, you know, raising money. We have a Patreon thing to donate to if you just want to do small amounts. But, you know, we've, we've got quite a few supporters through brianduncan.com, spell Brian with a Y. Uh, brianduncan.com, you can hear about it. And, you know, let, right now we're working on new music for a new project. And we're also uh, looking at, a, at more Christmas stuff uh, coming up. So, you know, that's kind of the general direction. Looking forward to it. Let me ask you about one more thing. And I'll let you go. Uh, going back uh, to your song, Love Takes Time, which was one of your more popular hits. Great song, by the way. I remember you telling me that it was almost, you almost left it off the album. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't working. I mean, I was having a hard time with it because the verse and the chorus both are, it's the same chord progression. It just turns around backwards. Right. It's like, you know. Which is 90% uh, of the songs today, by the way. Yeah, it's one, to, one two, three, one, two, three, and then three, two, three, two one, one, three, right. two, one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and I'm just going. Walking back down. It's really hard for me to, you know, because I think in the back of my head, I'm always trying to impress other musicians with what I can do. And uh, and nobody cares. At the end of the day, <laughs> nobody cares. Uh, and musicians don't listen to other musicians' stuff most of the time, unless you're just huge. Well, Love Takes Time was just, you know, it was, it was pretty simple. And um, it just seemed like I didn't know that it would work. That's all. Um, we finally stacked th- uh, three-part harmonies, you know, and one of the problems was uh, some of the singers were singing with a vibrato you could drive a truck through. Right. And so, I mean, the song, as soon as you go, oh, you know, as soon as you get that that sound, it started to sound kind of uh, bluegrass. You yeah. know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I didn't want to do it. But as soon as we cleared that out and we, I said, look, just sing it straight and hard love takes time just knife knifed it right um then you got you got something that sounds like a car horn and uh you know once we got that straightened out the song worked and as i understand it you got one of your inspirations for part of the chorus from a videotape (laughs) well you know i think that's the first thing I came up with, because um, I wrote that with a, another friend who sent me his basic idea of music, and I was taking a, I was taking a, a VHS. If you remember those, oh yeah, you know we used to have Blockbuster, and I was taking a VHS back to the store, and it and it said right on there, "Please be kind, please rewind." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
So I imagine, uh, you know, I'm, I probably should have given them, you know, some credibility uh, on the on the liner notes. Like Words and music by Brian Duncan and Blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I mean, on the on a deeper level, though, I thought kindness was, you know, even today, you know, yeah. the idea of kindness is almost an, uh, you know, a forgotten concept. Mm. Nobody knows how to be kind anymore. Especially behind a keyboard, for sure. Well, Brian Duncan, I have taken up enough of your time, but oh yeah, I, wanna... well, I was you know that's this is what I was doing before you called. So, <laughs> you know, um, I got to remind myself to stand up and walk around just because uh, you know after hours, you know, you wonder why your legs don't work. So there's goes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for spending time with us today, man. Oh, sure, enjoyed it, man. I'll talk to you in a little bit. Once again, I want to thank Brian Duncan for being on the program today. Loved my conversation with him. He's always a hoot to talk to. Hey, if you can't get enough of Jesus Freaks, make sure you join our Facebook group. Just look up Jesus Freaks Vinyl to Digital on Facebook. And if you would like to contribute to this program, help keep us going, please visit patreon.com slash Jesus Freaks podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Patreon.com slash Jesus Freaks podcast. Next week, we will have former lead singer of Kansas and super producer for Christian music in the 80s and 90s, John Elefante. He was also the founder of Mastodon, and we're going to talk about his life, career, faith, and what he's doing right now that will blow your socks off. Until next week, you've been listening to Jesus Freaks, Final to Digital, presentation of Capco Media Group and a preferred podcast of Way FM. It is hosted and produced by yours truly, Jason Huddle, with special thanks to research assistant Kevin Jewell. I leave you now with my personal all-time favorite Brian Duncan song off the Whistling in the Dark album, This Is When I Think of Home. Until next week, God bless. There's a saying, your home is where your The seasons and the scenery